0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. We're talking today about hiking with Dr. Carol Sames. She's an associate professor of physical therapy education in Upstate's College of Health Professions. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Sames. Thanks so much, Amber. I'm glad to be here. How is hiking uh, different than walking? So, there
1: are some operational definitions that define what hiking and walking is and traditionally walking has been seen as a more casual activity, usually performed on what we would call groomed areas. So, you know, I might go up to our shores and walk along the beach. Okay. So, sand, or I might go along the Erie canal and. For portions of the Erie Canal, it's um, you know asphalt or um, crushed stone. Once you get past Manlius Center Road, but there's defined areas. If I go to a park or a playground, there's you know defined areas that are usually well groomed. Also, you generally don't have large changes in in elevation. They tend to be all flatter. And you know if you're crossing any type of water. Um, If you're on a walking trail, you'd usually have a footbridge or some type of bridge. And if you're hiking, generally speaking, um, you're going to either like um, boulder
0: across um, or you're going to wade through the creek. You're going to get wet. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the benefits of hiking um, compared with walking. Why would someone choose one over the other?
1: So in terms of benefits, they're both wonderful in terms of their movement. You know, and movement is so key because we know that, um, sedentary lifestyle is is on the rise and we want to keep people active. So, from just the standpoint that whether you are walking or hiking. Um, you're out and you are moving. Um, When we look at those benefits and just the multitude of benefits that occur from being active, you're going to get the same benefits in terms of reduction of risk factors for cardiovascular disease and reduction of risk factors for certain types of cancer. And then we get into the other things like increased quality of life and decreased risk of depression and anxiety. So, Those benefits are the same. What you get with hiking is that generally hiking um, is a more strenuous activity um, because the paths that you're on are not usually groomed. They're going to require a little bit more energy. There could be, you know, boulders, stones. There's going to be elevation changes. Um, So that just naturally requires more oxygen and more energy. So um, you're going to burn off more calories, so to speak,
0: per unit time. So there is a little bit of uh, a requirement to have some level of physical fitness really before embarking on hiking. Yes, especially certain hiking trails. (laughs) Okay. Well, what is the learning curve like? If someone's new to hiking, say they've, you know, been a walker and um, they want to you know, increase things a little bit and start hiking. What's the learning curve like how How long does it take to feel confident in hiking? Great question, Amber. So if somebody is already
1: you know fairly physically fit, they've been walking, you know transferring over to hiking, especially starting out with hiking trails um that are you know not in the expert or high moderate range would would be fairly seamless. Um, the big thing is that Depending on what you're going to hike, you want to really make sure that you have the appropriate footwear. So, you know, a lot of times you can go walking and I can go in my comfortable sneakers and and life is good. Um, But when I change to something that's hiking, I want to make sure that if I do like that hiking, the uh, running shoe, walking shoe feel, you might want to get a trail shoe, something that has a more aggressive um, pattern on the bottom of the shoe, because once you start hiking, you're going to be running into, uh, rocks and, uh, trail shoes, just, they grip a little bit better. They're, they're not like traditional sneakers, which tend to be a little bit flatter and, uh, especially if you're going to go and it's in, like mud season or it's rained, it's going to be slippery. And so you just have better footing on the trail.
0: So trail shoes, would they be uh, water resistant? If, if you're having to go through a creek, would you be less likely to you know, soak your feet?
1: So there's waterproof and water resistant. So, um, uh, and, and you can get trail shoes. Uh, generally, they're, they tend to be water resistant. So, um, you know, uh, and, and, and depending on how deep that creek is, you might want gaiters on, because you might keep your feet okay, but then the bottom of your legs are going to get wet. Um, so, you know, it's really important when you, when, if you're going to make that transition to make sure that your footwear is appropriate. And that means um, kind of ditching, like, the cotton socks that you were probably using when you were walking. You really want to go with a wool sock. Um, uh, wool is just so much better in terms of reducing blister risk. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is be a couple miles out and you start developing blisters because that is going to be a
0: painful hike back home. Aside from footwear, is there other gear that might be good to have for hiking? So, you know, what I'm going to start
1: by saying is that, you know, when you kind of say, I want to go hike, the first thing you want to do is be an informed consumer. Like, where do I want to go? What kind of experience am I looking for? Am I looking for an experience that... Um, you know, is I want to just kind of put my big toe into the hiking world. I want to choose a, a trail that would be the appropriate length that would have the appropriate elevation rise to, you know, some hiking trails are can be fairly flat. So I want to really do my research 1st. Um, I want to make sure that I, I, uh, either have printed out a map or I have downloaded the map onto my phone. Or if you're going to be hiking in higher elevations where cell phone, um, use is problematic, you want to have something you want to go old school map and compass, or you want to have a watch. That's like GPS, because the worst thing you want to do is be out there and then find out that you don't know where you're at. Um, most trails are well marked. However, I can tell you, I've been out before and the trail marker was down and. You know next thing you know you're lost and uh depending on where you're at there might not be a lot of people out there so you know really kind of do your homework um after you've kind of done your homework check the weather i know that sounds silly um but let's face it we live in central new york and we know how quickly the weather can change so I happen to notice this afternoon, there's like a chance of thunderstorms. Well, you want to know that because again, depending on how far you're going, um, should I pack the, the rain Um, and generally, you know, if there's even a threat, I always just have my. Raincoat available if you're going to hike, you know, for more than, say, 2 hours, you probably want to have a, a pack with you that has fluids, um, that has some kind of snack. Um, that has that raincoat just in case, you know, the little first aid kit, um, just in case you take a little tumble and you need a little sp- neosporin and you, you know, need a band aid to clean something up. Um, if it's going to be sunny, let's face it sunscreen, um, a hat, I might even want to have hat and glasses if it's really bright. Uh, if you are going to go on trails, we're in tick season now and you know, ticks are on the rise. And um, so I wanna make sure that I have appropriate bug spray. Um, you know, we also, we're, we don't experience the black flies like they do in the Adirondacks, but you know, this is almost black fly season. And so again, y- you wanna make sure you have that insect repellent. Um, so that's really important to be prepared because you want the experience to be enjoyable. Um, You know, the last thing you want to do is go, oh, man, I'm out of water and I still have two miles to go because once you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Um, and that's just not a, a, you know, nobody wants to sabotage their hike that way.
0: You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Carol Sames, who's an associate professor of physical therapy education in Upstate's College of Health Professions. And we're talking about hiking. Let me ask you, uh, one of the most common injuries, um, hiking is blisters, right? Is there a way to prevent that or, or treat them if you're on the trail still?
1: So the best way to prevent them is make sure you try your shoes on. You know, I, I don't buy my hiking boots online i try them on because you know i want to try them on with the appropriate wool socks that i have to make sure they fit and to know that you know possibly when it's warm my foot is going to get a little bit bigger as the height goes on um, especially when it's warm my foot's going to get a little bit bigger and i need to make sure that my toes are not jammed up against the ends because that's asking for blisters to walk around with them before you hike um, you know, just the typical, I don't want to put brand new shoes on and go, here I am. I'm ready to go hike because that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, I have gotten a blister before. So that's why I have the first aid kit, um, you know, with, uh, kind of depending on where the blister is and, uh, how bad it's gotten. Um, you know, I have some neosporin cause I don't want it to get infected. I got some band aids. I got some thicker uh, gauze pads that are in there. Um. But you really want to try to prevent blisters because that just makes the hike miserable. Um, you know, cuts, you can easily get cut if you slip. Again, always good to have the first aid kit. Um, depending on when you're hiking, the hypo or hyperthermia, that's why it's really important. Um, generally, most people underestimate how much fluid they need. Um, so, you know, anytime you're carrying fluid, it's more weight that you're carrying, but you don't want to become in. Back and be out of fluid, especially on a hot, humid day, um, sunburn. That's why we have sunscreen, um, you know, and and, uh, you know, I. I just won't hike in the woods without, uh. Bug repellent, because I don't want to, I don't want to get a tick and then not notice it and it develop into something. But, um, you know, they're kind of the big. Potential injuries, um, and then coming downhill when you're descending, it's much more a force on your joints. So, um, you want to be careful. That's why a lot of people will bring trekking poles so that when they go down, you can use those poles. Just, it it really can guide you and it can take some of the force off the, off your knees, because that's an eccentric contraction. And if you're going to wake up sore, you're sore because you've been coming downhill, not uphill. So, Um, Uphills, more cardiovascular downhill is you just don't want to slip. You want to make sure you have good, firm footing because you never want to fall on rocks.
0: So uh, how do you feel about the use of uh, poles for hiking? Is that a necessity? I don't hike without them because I need them on the downhills.
1: Um, You know, ascending is one thing, but descending, I need the poles um, because what they do is they just help me with placement, um, especially. Uh, if maybe it's a little muddy or the rocks are wet, um, I just feel more comfortable. Uh, um, you know, I'm not leaping from rock to rock as I'm coming down. Those days have passed. And so the trekking poles just give me confidence uh, when you use trekking poles, though, they, they take a little bit more energy because now you're using your arms, you're placing the poles and then moving. So it does take a little bit more energy, but I feel that the trade-off for me is safety because I don't want to fall. You know, every year, if you read the, you know, every week the Adirondacks come out with how many people they've had to rescue, you know, and and a lot of times it's people fell. And um, so I don't wanna be that person that gets carted off um, because I fell. So
0: I really enjoy those trekking poles. They are very helpful on the downhill for me. So in central New York, are there some spots where you would recommend people could get started trying out an easy hike for beginners or maybe families with younger kids? Where are some of your favorite spots to start? So I want to tell the audience that
1: I am not going to talk about every amazing spot in Central New York because this program would go on for hours. Um, However, you know, a, a place that I think that's really nice to start out with is like Green Lakes. Green Lakes, you can both walk. So technically, if you're walking around... Green Lake or Round Lake that's technically a walk but then there are so many trails that you can take. Um and what's nice about that is you know if you have the kids you can easily go around the two lakes there's not really a elevation change around the back lake round lake they actually have it mulched. Um and then you could also then uh, when you come back to the beach you could uh, if the weather's appropriate you go for a swim. Um so you have a lot of options. The Vista Trail on the top uh gives you some amazing views on a on a nice day. Um Deer Run is nice. Uh the old growth trail that that takes you through some really old growth uh trees. That's really nice. Um that trail's actually 2.9 miles. Um but it's going to have more elevation changes and kind of depending on how old your children are and what kind of shape they're in, you know, if you stay lower, you know, you're going to be good. So that's fantastic. Um there's also some easier trails down at uh, Labrador Hollow. There's a Tinker Falls trail, which is nice, and you get to see the falls when there's a decent amount of water. Um, uh, there's Labrador Pond, which has a boardwalk, which is great if you're pushing strollers. Um, it makes it a little bit easier um, to find. You also have um, the Camillus uh, Forest Unique that has some really fabulous shorter trails. Um, you could also go to Baltimore um, Woods in Marcellus, which has n- really nice trails, not too long. Um, again, with children, it's, I always feel like when I would take my kids, it was better for me to do multiple loops than to attack a longer trail, just in case something happens. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of places that are just perfect for that kind of starting out hiking.
0: Well, here in Syracuse, the Adirondacks are sort of in our backyard, um, you know, a few hour drive, and there you are. But how challenging are those peaks? Is that something people from here could tackle? You know, I would say if somebody hasn't done
1: one of the high peaks, and, you know, uh, the definition of a high peak is basically 4,000 feet or higher. And um, the, the the two that usually people attack first are Cascade and Porter, or they're right next to each other. You can do them together I think technically cascade is not 4,000 feet. It's a little bit below that, but they are super busy and, um, the Adirondacks have made some changes to parking and so they've eliminated some parking on 73. Um, just because during COVID people, uh, found hiking and, um, basically they were in droves, people are going to the Adirondacks. So, um, I mean, the Adirondacks are fantastic. Um, but they cascade and Porter are really quite crowded even if you get there early and you um you know headlamp uh in the dark in the beginning just to try to beat the crowd um, there are fabulous places even around central new york like morgan hill state park um, which is kind of like fabius truxton area there's elevation up to 2000 feet it's actually um, morgan Hill's the highest peak in um, Central New York, um, you could get on the North Country um, National Scenic Trail, which is also known as the Onondaga Trail. That you could hike for 15 miles. Um, you could also go down to Ithaca, go to uh, Robert Trimen State Park, and you could get some nice hiking in there. Highland Forest is fantastic. Um, uh, Highland Forest, you know, is going to cost you three dollars um, to uh, per day to hike. Um, but the main trail is um, about 8.8 8 miles and it's a fantastic trail. So, like, you could do some things closer and then um, say, now I'm going to go up to the Adirondacks. There's also many peaks in the Adirondacks that are not high peaks, um, you know, 3,000 feet, uh, not necessarily as popular. So you can get on them a little bit easier. So th- you're right. We just have so many opportunities
0: all around us. Thank you to Dr. Carol Sames from Upstate's College of Health Professions Physical Therapy Education Program. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.